You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I'm back in the hosting chair. Not usually something I do anymore. Too busy. Baseball's going on. Football's going on. I can't I can't take everything at the same time. But I have to come back for a very special episode. Our guy, you know this guy. I don't need to introduce him. But Adam Levitan in the guest chair with us for this week, going over everything week one as we get you set right around the corner. So as always, excited to have Adam Levitan on. Real quick, uh, just let everybody know where you're at now, where they can find you. Then we'll start getting into some of the information for week one. Yeah, I've missed you guys. I hope everybody's <laughs> well uh, with you guys and at DraftKings. Yeah, it, you can always find my stuff on EstablishTheRun.com, but I, I'm excited to be here and, and talk some week one with you guys. And I can't stress how good EstablishTheRun.com is as well. If you need some more information, some guidance on a week-to-week basis, I would absolutely check out EstablishTheRun.com. Really good crew over there. And, of course, our guy, Adam Levitan. Julian Edlow is here as well as my handsome co-host, rocking the DraftKings, where we're going to talk everything to do with week one. But as always, Julian, you can kick us off here. We're going to start off the show with Adam Levitan and our favorite, Know You Better. Yeah, so we will uh, – I mean, we already know Adam. Adam used to be a DraftKings guy, right. but we'll get to know him a little bit better. And um, we always start off with our guests. I don't need to know an amount. It doesn't even need to be the biggest numerical number that you have won um, in, in your sports betting career. But what is your favorite win of your sports betting career? Hmm, good question. You know, I, I, you guys know me pretty well. I don't, I don't uh, bet a lot of sides and totals and stuff like that just because like I'm so insane where I can't get it in where I think it's bad or it might even just be like break even. I can't even, I can't do it. It makes my stomach like churn. And so uh, <laughs> I've, I've mostly only played fantasy and poker through my life. And, and so uh, I don't have a lot of stories about um, uh, uh betting on sports. I I think that um, I've had some long shots in futures that were looking good that didn't quite (laughs) get there. And I think (laughs) favorite almost wins. I have a few of those. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like the, the 40 to one and the 50 to one stuff that like guy that gets really close is like really good in theory, you know, but it's like really painful at the end. And, and I don't really like to hedge out of stuff like that. So so yeah, you know, in the futures market, I, I think is where uh, I would I, I would have most of my my bad and, and good beats, but I don't even remember them that well, man. It's like one big blur. I I, I can't even yeah. I, I can't even like face it anymore. 
and, and, you know, being someone that's played poker a lot in their life as well. Uh, one of the big things that they say is like, we always forget about our wins, but we always seem to remember our losses. So with that idea, um, what's one of the worst beats that you've taken that you can recall? You know, I was in, I was in college this was, I think maybe 2002, 2003, and there was a, a Giants Vikings uh, playoff game. And I think the total was like 43, and we had, uh, you know, me and all my friends, we bet a lot for us at the time on the over. And at the end of the first half, I think it was on, the, the total was on 40. It was like 20, 20 or 20 or like 23, 17 at the half. And it ended up being no more points scored in the entire game. Uh, and I remember that <laughs> one. I remember that one well as, as a sports thing, but man, I mean, you know, that was 20 something years ago. So, so yeah, I, it's, it's, it, there's always going to be stuff like that. What do you think is an our brain? concocts outliers with beats as as yeah. something that is not as much more of an outlier than it really is like something that happens 10 or 20 percent of the time you know happens 10 or 20 percent time i think people don't understand how often that is yeah all right let's forget the past um we'll move on to the future a little bit year by year by year more trends more numbers more analytics come out um some of them that we put weight on, some of them that we don't. What is what is a trend or a stat or a number going into this football season, whether it be for fantasy, for betting player props, um, anything you want that that you think carries weight? It, it's legit. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, God, I think legit is overall macro trends in the NFL, more teams playing optimally. In other words, pass rate over expectation is going up uh, more teams with three and four wide sets, more teams going for it on fourth down. And that's going to lead to more points. You know, I've heard people say that last year was an outlier with offensive efficiency because of COVID and defenses were behind the offenses because of COVID, you know, maybe that has a little bit to do with it, but I just think coaches are getting sharper, you know, at least 10, 12, 13, 14 of them aren't like stone dunces anymore. And so you start to get more offensive efficiency. And so if you're not baking that in to whatever model or system, you're using, I think you're making a mistake. In other words, like if you still have uh, data from three, four years ago on, on decision-making that coaches are going to make in your model, I think that that starts to need to be regressed out. So yeah, I think the NFL has changed uh, a lot and it's continuing to change in that way. So in that same sense, what's one that you like to ignore? It's almost NFL season. So air yards is something that comes up a lot. People love to debate about uh, betting the under on a team that's playing on Thursday night football with the short week. Uh, anything that kind of comes up that you just always completely ignore and just shut out the noise on that. Yeah, I, I think the betting stuff, once it hits the mainstream, it's over. You know, like I, I do think yeah. that there used to be value in, you know, West Coast team going East Coast for 1 p.m. game. Now the market has adjusted to that. And you can see in the data that like is no longer an edge. And like anything that you think, you know, that is being talked about on like ESPN or even even, you know, on Twitter or whatever, like it's almost certainly baked into the market. So I, I would be really careful for people who are out there who are just like hearing about trends on Twitter. You know, it's. Yep. It's almost certainly BS, um, I think, for sure. And, and in, in fantasy, you know, I think a lot of people now are talking about like Sims and, and um, running Sims. Uh, I don't think people understand exactly what that means because you can run a million Sims all you want if you have, I don't know if I can say <laughs> you can boot that out if I can't, Samir, but. Uh, We're going to cut it, uh, but I appreciate it. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know it's still you, the Sims that people are running are, are um, I think going to be with bad data or, 
mm-hmm. not contextualized data and it's really dangerous i'm worried for people who who think that you know they have the next skeleton key in fantasy and and i really don't think that's the way you win in, in dfs well the good news is you didn't break the record for swearing on the podcast that was <laughs> done by uh sam Paniotovich. 10 seconds in, Ten and seconds. I didn't even tell you that swearing wasn't allowed. I told him, and he, he broke it 10 seconds in, so he will forever have the <laughs> First record. First sentence, there. right. Um, but also, we're all, all adults here. One day, one day, we'll have our way on here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, my vocabulary is, is not very good, um, so it would probably help me to be able to, to use some of those words. Um, okay, anyway, that's my swearing rant. Let's, uh, let's get into some actual football. So you mentioned that you are not as much of a, a sides and total guy. And I think when it comes to week one, it is probably even more difficult to identify some of those yeah. when we don't know anything about these teams. At least we got a preseason this year, unlike um, the COVID season where we didn't even get to see any of that. Um, I think I know your answer here is probably going to be no, but are you betting any sides or, or totals in week one? So I, I've taken a, a couple of things just based on news. When the Wentz news broke, I took Seahawks money line, Seahawks exactly. first half, Seahawks full game. And then he's going to yeah. shove it down my throat because Wentz is going to end up playing. And I don't think I'm going to yep. get any value. Uh, <laughs> on that, I did on the that same. Line. Yeah, we all did idea. the same. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it was good at the time. You know, I, I'll bet stuff for fun. You know, and, 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 and uh, believe me, betting sides and totals is is pure fun not everybody has to be like a sick sick person like me i I think that um the way the giants are hobbling into uh Mm -hmm. week one scares me that said it like pains me to bet a road favorite you know and and i know that the home dog stuff has has pretty much been priced into the market now but i still think like the public is just gets all over these road favorites and we'll see if they do so on the on the broncos giants game but I, i just don't like the way the giants are coming into this season so 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 banged up and already lacking talent in a lot of uh, important spots anyways yeah i mean i don't know man like i think the seahawks are just much better than the colts anyways like, even if wentz plays i think the seahawks are much 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 better than the colts but that's another road favorite so god i mean what am i doing out here i'm just i'm just john q public <laughs> well, good i mean the good news is that at least we all have seattle as a as a dog yeah um and I, i'm with you i i liked him anyway coming into that one and then we got the news had to bet it. He got the plus three, got the plus 125 money line in. Um, here's the thing, though. Like, Wentz and Nelson can can play. That's fine. The Colts have still gotten, like, dinged up all over the place. Yep. I just feel like they're, as a team that's thought of as being, like, a well-rounded team with talent across, all across the field and decent depth, like, that narrative is starting to go away on them. And Wentz always gets hurt. Like he's going to get hurt again. Not that it's going to be in week one, but just for the season outlook. So I'm, I'm still down on, on the Colts regardless after just a kind of a messy training camp. Well, not only that, and then Julian and I immediately, when Wentz went down with the injury, immediately took them to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then everything that. already, <laughs> we are, we have all that too. And the, Titans to make, and the Titans to make the playoffs. And I have some right. Wentz yardage under. It's all, yeah. all strung together here. Yeah. Right. I mean, to be fair, I mean, Wentz was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year by like any metric or data point. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I'm not trying to be funny. Wentz was like the worst yeah. quarterback in the NFL last year. So I think he'll play better this year. But, you know, starting off with foot surgery is certainly not, not great. Do you think that that offensive line is really going to bring out uh, – because we all know he can be good. I mean, we've seen it before. 
Obviously, he's had, you know, MVP type seasons in the past couple of years with that much stronger offensive line in front of him, though. How much of a difference do you think that's going to make for his performance? Yeah, I, you know, I consider sacks a quarterback stat, not an offensive line stat. And I mean, yeah, the Eagles offensive line got so banged up and the Colts line, I think, is not as elite as some people think it is. You know, like we have them 11th overall going into the season and that's with a health, a healthy Quentin Nelson. So, I mean, they're good. They're, they're not great. So he just holds the ball too long, you know? And so I think yeah. it's, it's just quarterback stat is sack, not offensive line stats. So I, it makes a little bit of difference for him. I don't think it makes too big a difference. Uh, one question I wanted to get into too as well. Sorry to cut you off, Julian, was no, uh, no. a couple a couple weeks ago, I was talking on the show that I like the Dolphins uh, going against the Patriots. That's before we even knew that Mac Jones was going to come in. Uh, one of the big bets that was on DraftKings Sportsbook was that Mac Jones was a huge underdog to take the first snap of the season. It was like, I, I think it was like, what was it down to? Plus 265. So he was, I, I did actually reach out to the Sportsbook Ops guys and got some numbers here. He was for a while posted at plus 225 yes minus 300 no for mac jones on the first snap and then when cam newton got the five day um yep. had to be away from the team for five days for the traveling whatever didn't get the appropriate tests uh that got bet down to plus 150 and that's when it got taken off the board and we never saw it again yeah um it when it closed at plus 150 25% of the bets and 24% of the handle were on the, the yes at plus money. Wow. Okay. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is that once the news that Mac Jones was going to be the starter came, I was waiting for the market to shift on this game. It never really shifted at all. The, the Dolphins are still two and a half point underdogs in this game, uh, plus 130 as uh, the road dogs here. Do you think that that is more vindictive that this was maybe already baked in a bit or you know, is it really just still an even, uh, you know, an even feel between these two teams? Because I expected some shift with Mac Jones coming in, but it wasn't really at all. You thought, which way did you think it would go? That's going to be my question. Well, I, I thought there would be more on, on the Dolphins because now they're going up against a rookie quarterback. Oh, yeah. You know, making his first start. Obviously, uh, the Dolphins improved during the offseason, but it just it never moved. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I would disagree in that. I think Mac gives them a better chance to win than cam. Uh, you know, I kind of always thought that. So I, if anything, I would have thought the line would go the other way, especially with how well Mac played in the preseason. So yeah, I mean, I don't have a real take on, on that game. I agree with you. I think the dolphins are, are good. You know, the Patriots, I think with Mac, uh, I would have been more inclined to bet the dolphins if cam was starting. Let's put it that way. Sure. All right, so sticking with the week one board uh, before we move on to the DFS player prop side. Um, my best bet, Steve's best bet stinks. Dolphins, that's a dumb bet. It's Pats or nothing for me. My favorite that bet was in week two weeks one. Ago. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you said it, that you gave it as your best bet. It should be something that nothing can change that would make this best bet um, not work. Well, my according bet, to the board, according to the board, it was going to be Cam Newton, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I'm going with a massive road favorite. I am fading the Lions to start this season as much as I can. Um, with Dan Campbell as the head coach, with Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator, with literally nobody for Jared Goff to throw the ball to. Um, I'm I'm laying the seven with the 49ers on on the road here. I think they are going to beat the pulp out of the Lions. Don't like laying a touchdown on the road in week one, but I am I am going to it. Um, thoughts on on 
thoughts on that and thoughts on the Lions to begin this season because I think they're going to be a dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, it, it's they have pretty good, I think, offensive line play, if not mm-hmm. very good. And I think, you know, they have pretty good, if not very good, defensive line play. Besides that, obviously, they're just a stone disaster. But, man, I mean, you can <laughs> you can figure it out in the NFL if you can do those two things and and win, you know, four, five, six games. So I know everybody thinks the Lions are, like, the stone worst. I don't know, man. I, I think, like, the difference between them and the Texans, to me, is, is massive. Like, I think the yeah. Lions would beat the Texans by, like, 20 on a neutral field. Like, it wouldn't even be close. And so I don't know. I, I, I hear you. I, I think that's probably a stay away uh, for me with the seven. Um I don't know. I, I, I'm hesitant to say that this like complete donkey smash mouth, we're going to win in the <laughs> trenches style. Like can't win if they, <laughs> if they execute, if they execute it right. And, you know, like cover some sevens at home, you know, like for me, that's, that, that's a lot. For me, it's not only Campbell, who's just like, I, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just like a football guy. And uh, I, I don't know if he knows how to coach, but it's that Anthony Lynn, who cost the Chargers, what, two, three wins, however, however many last year, yeah. is now running that offense that just mm-hmm. doesn't have any talent on it besides, you know, a mediocre quarterback and, like you said, the line play. But skill position-wise, I don't, I, I'm scared there of how, how that's going to work. But I do want to talk about one thing, one thing you said before we move on, how much better you think the Lions are than the Texans. So what does this mean for the Texans this season? Like – it the last rookie the last number one overall pick rookie quarterback to win a game in week one was david carr not Derek carr he obviously wasn't number one pick david carr of the houston texans yeah um and we have a number one overall pick trevor lawrence a road favorite um in week one which is unbelievable but it is against the dreadful texans like how hard do we need to fade this texans team how bad is it Oh, I think the Jaguars will win the game. I mean, Urban Meyer is a stone dolt too, but you know, I, yep. I just think from a from a talent perspective, like <laughs> the Jaguars are are just so much better at every every position. Um, yeah, I I think the Jaguars will win the game. You know, I'd love to get a two and a half. I don't know if that's going to be out there. I see three minus one hundred five on DraftKings right now. I'd love to get a two and a half, but um, maybe that can come closer to kick. I don't know. All right, uh, Steve, you got anything else on week one sides, totals, anything you want to talk about? No, we can do it. We can do the player props. Okay, well, we're going to start. We'll go over to the DFS side before we do before we do player props. Um, obviously, week one, unlike any slate throughout the season, because we get those salaries at the end of July. We get them six weeks in advance, whereas everything else comes out, obviously, a week in advance. So a lot is going to change. The most is going to change. We're bound to always get those cheap chalk plays that are going to be 85% owned in, in cash. And I know Adam is a cash player. I'm more of a cash player. Steve likes to flush his money down the toilet in GPPs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I would like to actually get more involved in, in GPPs this season. That is, that is something that I have on my, on my, uh, on my agenda. Um, but going into this week one slate, I guess any uh, – we used to have some – we used to have a, an article called Levitan's Leverage that was featured on the DraftKings playbook. Any any notes that you want to uh, bring up for the week one slate? Yeah, I, I mean, I would encourage people to think of it as um, you need to understand you're going to need an incredible amount of points to win in week one. 
because we have these outrageous values, like Julian said, you know, so much has happened in the last six weeks and there's no way the salaries can account for it. And they already made the salaries, you know, kind of soft because they're, you know, quite frankly, there's going to be a lot of casual people playing and they don't want them to have to jam in like the fourth wide receiver on the Vikings and stuff like that. Cause that's not fun for anyone. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I would think, you know, just because your team looks really good, like everybody else's team is going to look really, really right. yes. good also. And so I'd be really careful there. You know, I, I, I think the Bengals, uh, pass catchers stood out to me as underpriced I think the Marquez Callaway stuff is interesting you know he obviously came from nowhere I believe he's 3400 in week one I like Jerry Judy a lot like there's just gonna be a lot of pass catchers and so that are underpriced and so like the way that I would prefer to build would be to take the safety of you know Christian McCaffrey is priced appropriately but you can still take the safety of Christian McCaffrey and you can still take the safety of whatever other really high floor, high ceiling running back you like Dalvin or whoever else you like and still fit in some outrageous wide receivers that, that have really high upside. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some ridiculous, ridiculous teams out there. It, it would not shock me if you needed like 240, 250 DraftKings points to, to win tournaments in week one. Yeah. Julie and I were even talking about that, that bangle stack. Like you take Burrow, Chase and Boyd, like you have nobody more expensive than 5,700 which is, which is Burrow. Chase is 4,800. Uh, Tyler Board, 5,200. Like, if you wanted to do that three-man stack, so unbelievably, incredibly cheap. But with so much time to look at this, like, it's not going to be, like, a surprise. People are gonna, aren't going to be like, oh, I didn't even realize how cheap that stack was. Like, that probably is going to end up being one of the more popular um, stacks. But like you mentioned, like, the salary is soft. Like, that's how it is for the first couple of weeks here. But, like, just looking at some of the value on here, there's so many different directions that you can go in week one. Right. And it's a really big slate. I mean, I believe it's, it's, is it really a 16 game slate? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, <laughs> that is insane, you know? And so um, if ownership clusters, like, yeah, it, you know, obviously in tournaments, you're gonna be able to find some pretty good, some pretty good leverage, you know? And I, yeah, for, to your point about not seeing anything by anyone, you know, like when I first started playing DFS in like 2014, like you could sneak a ton of stuff by people, you know, now everybody's playing. So, projection-based and, and I think having an understanding of what the projections are, even if you don't want to use them to make your lineups is, is really, really important. I would encourage people to do just so you know, and then, you know, comparing projection versus ownership and stuff like that, you know, that's like, that's become, you know, just DFS table stakes. I mean, without that, you really can't even really give yourself a reasonable chance uh, to win. And so, so yeah, like you said, we are still working on our projections right now. We'll have the first run up on Wednesday, but um but I'm confident in saying the Bengals stuff is going to project really well. All right. So let's transition, I guess, from the DFS side of things to the, the player prop side of things. And before we go to season long, which I think is a really interesting conversation to have. And even if it's getting late to bet some of those, I think it's still interesting to talk about what, what was there, what we can look for in future seasons and what maybe is, is still there, why things move the way they moved. Um, Specific to to week one player props, um, which obviously aren't aren't around yet. Is there anything that you kind of have your eye on that you're like, I really want to see? I think this could come out around here. Um, any players that you're really interested to try and find for week one? No, not off the top of my head. I, I think when you start to do that, you start to think about overs too much, like guys you really like in fantasy, and you're like, oh, let me bet they're over in week one also. Right. And and I don't I don't really like to go down that path. 
too much. I'll simply just, once they come out, you know, I'll compare our projection to the prop in week one and, and see what I can find in terms of mostly leaning unders just because, you know, we project in, in mean, but really you should be thinking about player props as mean versus median. In other words, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling might have three games this year of 200 yards, which is going to pull up his mean. But if you bet his under every week, he's going to go under, you know, mm -hmm. 60, 70% of the time because the mean gets dragged up. And so I would really encourage people to think about unders because of the mean versus median stuff. That's the biggest thing I would say, you know, for week one, for sure. But yeah, I mean, God, DraftKings is, is if this, if the season long player prop menu is any indication, they're posting so many player props. I mean, it was insane. I, I have like, I took like literally 45 things on DraftKings and I couldn't <laughs> stop. I, I, and I'm tying up all this money, you know, for, for, for six months or whatever it's going to be. I mean, and I still couldn't pass on it because I thought the edge was like 10, 20, 25, 30%. And like, I, who would I be? What kind of man would I be if I was passing on things that were 10, 20, 30% edges, you know? And so I have all this money tied up now. I mean, it, it, but I couldn't pass on it. And so if that's any indication of what DraftKings and SB Tech is going to do during the regular season, I mean, I'm going to be absolutely blasting off once these come up. I mean, there, there's going to be, there's going to be hundreds of options, I think. And, and yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be ready to fire. All right. Well, I, I think I can say with, with confidence that the, the season long menu is an indication of the weekly menu because uh, the sportsbook team at DraftKings just tells me and Steve, like, if you want to make a bet, if there's something you want to bet on, tell us and we'll post it. So it sounds like a lot of things can be posted. Um, yeah. If there's anything you, if there's anything you want to see, let us know. We'll let put us it in know. Well, I mean, yeah, um, I want to see a, a, a prop on every top uh, on every wide receiver. Who's going to get a snap. Let's do that. Let, let's start there and see what they say. If you're going to play on Sunday, let's get a prop up. Fair enough. Um, we just Take need somebody to decide if that, if how many wide receivers are actually playing. Fine, I'll, I'll settle for top three. The top three wide receiver <laughs> on every team and, and top two running backs on every team. Let's get a prop up. That, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> we'll see if we can do that. All right. So going to the season-long type of things, and you're talking about the value in weekly unders. Um, the value in season-long unders is ridiculous because it's, for the most part, factored in for what your numbers to play every game are going to be. And it's the NFL and people get hurt. Um, so taking unders, you can just fall backwards in, into a win. Um, even if the player gets hurt in, in November. Um, yeah. Well, forget about November. I've, I took three on DraftKings that are already look good because of they're already hurt. I mean, I have T.Y. Hilton under. I have John Brown under. I have Rashad Perriman under. I mean, Perriman and John Brown have already cut. They need to play a snap for the bet to have action. But, they'll, you know, Perriman already got picked up by the Bears. He'll end yep. up playing a snap. I think John Brown hopefully will end up playing a snap. So yeah, I mean, it's not just it's not just hurt in the middle of the season. It's hurt before the season. It's hurt in the middle of the season. It's it's you lose your role. It's it's your team rests you. It's it's right. whatever your your volume isn't what everybody expected. I mean, it, yeah, it's crazy. So let's start with this. Without no no specific player or anything, unless you want to use an example. Aside from these guys that you just mentioned who, um, you know, you're looking in good shape before the season starts, what is your mindset, I guess? What are you – you mentioned these these 30% edges. What exactly are you looking for? Are you just comparing your projections to the number that gets posted? Um, are you considering injury history, a combination of things? What is the first thing you look for when these pop up and you say, I need to, I need to get going on these DraftKings season-long props? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I would do is, is um, think about uh, players whose role is somewhat uncertain. And so like, I think a good example of that would be DJ Chark who, you know, got kind of called out by urban Meyer and then he had the pinky injury uh, or yep. the finger injury or whatever he had. He had surgery. We also don't know if he's going to be the alpha or if it will be Leviska Chenault or Marvin Jones. And so, you know, we had, uh, DJ Chark's receiving yard projection at 818.9 yards. The line was 905 and a half. And that was on August 15th. I don't know what it is now. Um, so anytime like the line, it's an uncertain situation. Our projection is close or under the line. I mean, it's just an absolute no brainer, like absolute print fest. And so like, if I can take things like that over and over again, where uncertain role, we think the volume might be not what everybody assumes it will be and our projection is under and we haven't even started to factor in rest health uh signing someone who knows what could happen injury to trevor lawrence you know there's like a million things that could happen that would send that under and so you know things like that i think is, is pretty easy to find and pick off especially an injury to trevor lawrence after literally just dumping gardner Minshew for a mm-hmm. six-round pick or whatever it was um say that for me again you it was shark the number I was had, under uh, 905 and a half yards under that was August 15th. Okay. So it's that number is still available. It's just minus 130 juiced uh, to the under there, but the 905 and a half is still available on drafting Sportsbook. If that's a place uh, that, that you want to look um, I'm just rifling through the board here to see where things stand. Steve, you got anything on player props? Well, I think actually just kind of going off of this, they have this like team special section, and it's almost like these parlays that you can do, but like going <laughs> of to like you go to the Ad- parlays. Well, yeah, of course. But like, but going off of like what Adam said, like, so for example, this is one for a Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown, Chris Goblin, and Mike Evans combined to go 3,500 total receiving yards. Right. So the yes on that is plus 400. If you break that down, right. By game, each player needs about 68 receiving yards per game on average for this bet to hit. You look at that, though, and it's like, okay, but can we rely upon Antonio Brown to play a full season? What if Mike Evans gets hurt because he has some injury stuff? Like, it's an appealing number because you look at that, you go, okay, Tom Brady's always going to throw. I get plus 400 on this. But when you start to take into account, like what Adam was saying, you know, maybe this is something that you don't take when you're looking at something else. But some of these ones that are on here are just, like, remarkable that way you can take. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look at those uh, because it, it's kind of hard to do, like <clears> – <throat> it's kind of hard to figure out the exact math on, on some of those, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's value there if you, if you hunt it for sure. I'm scared. I'm terrified of those because I played like, I'm scared to play an over on one player. I played like sure. three or four um, overs. And like, if you're going to play an over on three guys and you're saying they need 68 yards per game, but now you need three receivers to play 17 games. Like that's right. never going to happen. Obviously at least one of them is going to get hurt probably two, maybe all three don't even play all 17 games. So that gets a little, that gets a little dicey for me when you're counting, like we're relying on health for these guys. If you're playing it over and now you're exposing yourself three times as much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to figure out the math on that. If plus 400 is enough, I I would guess that it's not, but I, 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 it's really hard to figure out. Um, all right. I'll go to a couple of things. I'm, I'm going to see if they're still up here An over that I actually did play. Um, I pl- I did play. This was even money at the time. It's now minus one hundred five. I did play Trevor Lawrence over 
three and a half rushing touchdowns on the season. Um, this was prior to an ETN injury. If you want to factor in, even though he's a pass catcher, a, a running back going down, I just feel like the only way this doesn't get there is an injury. Um, Lawrence in his last 17 games at Clemson, yes, it's Clemson rushed for 25 touchdowns. And last year there were, I think 10 quarterbacks that ran for at least four touchdowns. And that doesn't include Dak ran for three and five games and Burrow and Tua both ran for three and five games. I felt like this was a really low number on a guy that might be a little mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is one that you're going to say that there's no edge on. I know. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, we have, we have, I mean, it's really hard to project quarterback rushing touchdowns. We only have him for 2.2, but I wouldn't feel that confident in the under in that, in that projection at all. Um, I, I think like touchdowns overall as a prop are like way more variant than the, than the receiving ones. Like let's say by some stroke of luck, uh, they get uh, pass interference, you know, six times this season in the end zone or 10 times a season in the end zone. And you get like four Trevor Lawrence sneaks from the one yard line or something like that. Like, obviously like that would be huge, but let's say that uh, instead of the, uh, pass interferences guys catch the ball six times and there's no pass interference or whatever and then all of a sudden they're they just turn into passing touchdowns for trevor lawrence or whatever like there's just so much variance in, in rushing in in touchdowns as a whole i try not to get too heavy on those i do i have a couple touchdown bets i think i have deandre swift under eight and a half touchdowns but well I, the lions might not score eight and a half touchdowns this season yeah. so <laughs> i have swift under eight and a half i took that on august 3rd though that was almost a month ago that under was minus 140 at the time but yeah i like that one just because wow. i think jamal Smith, jamal williams will be used even in those pass interference in the end zone situations um yeah i don't have too many touchdown bets all right let's go here's another i don't maybe weird one that i took but there's definitely some value do you do do you have sack projections do not no okay so this one, we're just going to fire from the hip then. Um, J.J. Watt is even money for under eight and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drafting Sportsbook has the best number as far as I know in the industry here. I think there's a lot of seven and a halfs out there. Um, so getting the even money on eight and a half jumped out to me right away. And then just from the numbers, like, so from 2012 to 2015, he averaged almost 17 and a half sacks per season had two seasons of 20 and a half sacks. He was playing all the time. He was winning defensive player of the year. Um, then he got hurt and didn't get it uh, in, in several seasons. Yeah. Uh, but he did play in all 16 games um, last year. And I think it was five and a half five. That he had, um, while playing in all 16 games. So I'm just saying that he's, he's not going to be the same player with a new team in Arizona and then just because he had one healthy season, he's coming off three injury plagued seasons. He could just get hurt again. So this one, I like much more than the, the Lawrence one, bet it more than the Lawrence one. Um, and just feel like, you know, you're getting one extra sack than other books are giving you. And you're getting even money on an older player that hasn't really proved his health. That sounds good to me. I mean, I'm always <laughs> down to go unders on, on on older players for sure with an injury history i mean that was just like the stone ty hilton bet was just like so easy i mean god the guy looked like he was off a cliff last year you know so so yeah i'm sure you can make the same case for jj watt i i i've never played an idp league i don't i i don't even know i i I couldn't even 
begin to start with with the with the sack stuff neither do i the only reason it caught my eye was because i saw some other seven and a halfs and then said oh wait a second under eight and a half at even money let me uh, let me go back look at his numbers and whatnot and uh here we are um steve stop being a coward you got any plays I mean, I haven't really done too much of the player um, player prop so far. I, I was kind of actually going to dive into that this weekend a little bit, but um, I like that Hilton one a lot that Adam brought up. I'm actually probably going to go take a look at that too myself. I didn't even really consider him, obviously, with the injuries. That's Hilton's still is Hilton yeah. still up? No, that's got to be gone. He's, yeah, he could yeah. be done for the season. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this was this weekend. I was really going to kind of take a, a dive into the player props, but um, I think you know now is the time and to really kind of really start hammering these home uh, and taking a look at these now that we have the cuts and we have all pretty much all the injury news that we need uh, coming into this. So I think uh, if, if there was a time that you were going to look at it, this would definitely be the weekend to uh, start jumping into these. Um, all right. I'm cruising through the board here, making sure that we have everything covered. Um, I mean, I, I, th- I think that we're, I think that we're there. I think we're prepared for week one. I think we've gotten in as much um, as much of the season long, stuff as we can um any any i i have no i have no closing thoughts um other than that the 49ers will be my minus seven will will be my play the 49ers in a money line parlay in some form will be my play the 49ers teased in some way will be my play um and and those are really my my closing thoughts fade the lions early they're going to be at least a touchdown dog in each of their first three games. They go to Green Bay week two. They got Baltimore uh, week three. Um, do do with that information as you want. Steve, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I'm still going to ride the Dolphins. I don't care. I still think the Dolphins are the play. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, good good luck to you, uh, Mr. Adam Levitan <laughs> of Establish the Run. Any any parting thoughts here for the Unreasonable Odds podcast? No, no. Good to see you guys, and and thanks for having me, and, and good luck this year. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I would assume – well, I don't know. Do you guys think that it's mostly fantasy people listening to this, or is it or is it people betting on sports listening to this? I think it's a good mix. It's good. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good mix. Um, obviously, the Unreasonable Odds name, it's a little bit more of a, a gambling podcast where we're doing a lot of work with DK Sportsbook, so it, it should be a pretty good mix at, uh, at this point. Yeah. Um, All I would say is that if you, if you play fantasy seriously and, and you think you're good at fantasy and you've been winning on DraftKings, like, I mean, look at the player props, man. My God, there's, yep. I mean, there's going to be so many. And, and, you know, I think it's a, maybe not at like Super Bowl. I, I had Byron Pringle under one and a half catches. So I spent the entire Super Bowl, like I had a lot on it. And I, and, and I, I spent the entire Super Bowl just rooting for Byron Pringle not to make a catch. And I mean, like, <laughs> that's no way to live, right? Like, it's not that fun. Like everybody else was like enjoying themselves and watching the game and rooting for the Chiefs or whoever they bet on. Like I was just out there stalking every play, making sure Byron Pringle wasn't going to- I don't even play. remember. I assume he went catchless or did he have he one? Had, he, they ski on the very, literally the first play of the game, they gave him a bubble screen and he had a catch on the very first play of the game. They, he, then he didn't have another one for the rest was, of the game. <laughs> so one right off the bat and then he yeah. had to sweat no more catches right. for the entire rest of the so game. It, it's not as fun as betting size and totals, but I do think that, yeah. that if you're good at fantasy, you can, you can really, I think you can win, you know? And so, you know, for me, that's, that's what matters. I mean, the research is built in already. Like you're literally right. doing the research already and you don't even realize. So I, I 100% agree too as well. And then of course, um, to jump off of that, establishtorun.com, make sure to check them out this upcoming season. Just a plethora of information all season long. 
that's where you want to go. Okay, so yes. Uh, and follow him on Twitter at Adam Levitan. Good ETR plug right there. We have other things to plug, Steve. After years, we have an unreasonable odds Twitter handle. Um, of course, there wasn't enough room to spell the whole thing, but it is at unreasonable odd. So you can go find that um, and follow us on Twitter. Uh, and starting for the NFL season, starting on Monday, the Monday, September 13th, we will start to have two episodes of Unreasonable Odds per week, a Monday episode um, and a Thursday episode. So we'll have a lot more content for you. We're going to have a lot of great guests um, throughout the sports betting community uh, on these podcasts. It sounds like we're going to have Johnny Avello on with us on Mondays to uh, to talk some sportsbook shop. Um, the head honcho over there at DK Sportsbook. Um, so that is pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odds. And um, we're going to be coming at you twice a week starting starting NFL season. Good luck to uh, to all of you in week one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.